Well, hello there. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to the latest installment of Wisdom and Wealth, Pathways to a Life of Significance for You and Your Family. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we have the star of our show and Mr. Frank Astorino jumping aboard from the Astorino Financial Group, and we're going to be unpacking another wealth management topic. That's what we do here on the show, and boy, do we have a good one for you. You know, Frank and I, we have a lot of different discussions. We go down a lot of different avenues with regard to wealth management, but we do seem to have one common thread. We talk a lot of it about family businesses on this show, and particularly today, we're going to be addressing how succession planning can really help reinforce a family business's efforts. So let me set the scene for you, and it starts with family problems. So family problems or conflict, boy, can they wreak havoc, really, on a family-run business, especially when it comes time to transfer the ownership of that business to the next generation, right? And, you know, we see this play out in, in Hollywood TV shows, movies, you know, I'm sure you can reference a few right now off the top of your head, but today we're going to be diving into the nuances of this issue and of this problem. And we're going to be looking really at how a well-designed succession plan can help reduce that risk for those, you know, family conflicts, but also facilitate a transfer that leaves everyone satisfied on the back end of things. But before we get right into it, let's go ahead and bring Frank out and say hey frank it's good to see you this morning how are you doing sir great to see you ryan great topic i'm always looking forward to these discussions and um, this is a good one absolutely absolutely i mean uh, it is a topic that has popped up a lot of late obviously a very big popular hbo show in succession it's so so popular a lot of people have been have been checking it out but today we're really getting into you know the weeds of this issue but let's let's start high level here frank in general, how important would you say succession planning is when there's a family business involved in the picture? This is really big, uh, Ryan, and you and I have talked about inheritance being challenging and the human element being a big part of that. Uh, this is really delicate. Um, and you know, most of our country is made up of small businesses and business owners, many of them family originated, and there's, there is a human element and there's a financial element and it brings with it potential conflicts. And it's very important to have uh, a clear delineated succession plan that has a, a living and breathing uh, review, um, you know, regularly. Sure, sure. And Frank, in the first place, for those family businesses out there, how can they, or rather an owner of a family business, how could they assess whether there's really a need for succession planning in the first place? Well, if we talk about it first from like an estate planning standpoint, we talk about the effective transfer of wealth and the efficient transfer of wealth. And what that basically means is the efficient side is technically and economically making sure that you've optimized uh, the wealth for the family rather than go into the IRS and go into you know the wrong wrong people. Um, from a uh, effective standpoint, um, you don't want to have uh, conflict among family members. It makes a very difficult Thanksgiving. Uh, dinner, you know, when when either mom and dad or father and son or mother and daughter uh, siblings are not talking to each other or not not showing up, 
uh, and there could be dissent. And we often, you know, start with a plan by deciding on what the future of the family business could be or should be. Do you continue the business or do you sell it? This is very common because there could be very opportune times to sell a business. And then there's always that emotional tug, you know, do I want a legacy and how much ego and emotion is involved in that? Are there inherit potential inheritors that are up to the task of the family business? Earlier, Ryan, we talked about natives of wealth and immigrants of wealth. And, you know, you got grandma and grandpa that started the business from a fruit stand to become a national chain. And the children kind of walk into that. And are they really prepared? Are they prepared to know what it takes to take the risk, to understand how relationships are built over time and networks? And I think the um, the other part that's very delicate and sensitive, and I see this a lot, is when you have some children that are um, qualified or uh motivated to go into the family business. It doesn't matter whether it's widgets or architecture or finance, uh, but there are some that choose not to. And, you know, they may be a nurse or a teacher or or some someone that is not going to be up to the task of running a business. How do you balance the estate when you're making those kind of um, plans? Yeah, absolutely, Frank. I mean, no one wants that scenario that you you pay you you know that picture that you painted for us of the the rough thanksgiving dinner no one's talking to each other or no one's even showing up in the first place because of di you know some disharmony that was created as a result of you know the the matriculation of wealth or the passing down of a family business i mean that that's a tough scenario to to be exposed to so given all those questions that people need to be asking themselves surrounding succession planning and making sure that they're factoring in all of these different elements into you know, into question, how really the question, the main question is where to begin? How would you say that a family business owner should start this process of creating that well-designed succession plan? You know, what is the first step? Well, if the first step is to really um, design a, a plan with very clear objectives and, you know, you spell out the details. Um, and more importantly, it's that you be flexible with the plan. I think the Modern management is kind of a grope along management where um, every day, every 15 minutes could change your life in terms of things that are thrown at you in, in a business. But if you start with your core values and you share those values and you memorialize those goals and objectives and targets um, and you revisit them periodically, maybe take uh, you know a family business trip. And often there's more than just family members in the business. So you want to make sure that there's an integration uh, with some of the other senior non-family uh, executives. This is very delicate, very important, because sometimes children who come into a business think it's theirs because of their bloodline, but it has to be earned. Um, and you don't want to lose talented personnel because of nepotism. No, certainly you don't, Frank. And, and 
you know, one of the topics that we mentioned earlier here in the show is this idea of family conflict, of course, how that can pop up in this process. Could you talk to us a little bit about how a well-crafted succession plan can specifically address that idea of family conflict and help avoid any fighting among the family members? Yeah, it goes back to that family constitution topic that we talked about. And um, a well-designed succession plan aims to, you know, foster family harmony. And how do you foster family harmony? Well, first of all, there has to be transparency. Um, and this is not easy. Um, you know, when you get into family discussions by the fireplace and you're having discussions about personalities and so forth, you know, you have to be adaptable and you have to be patient but you also have to be transparent. Um, what happens when you don't take these steps or if you avoid conflict and don't you know, face it head on, uh, there could be potential problems that could even lead to bad, not only bad feelings, but often accompanying lawsuits. And when families don't understand uh, you know, or don't aren't willing to um, adapt to some of the transitional issues that go into a family business, big problems could happen. The other thing to keep in mind is it's impossible to guarantee that all disagreements among family members uh, can be avoided. And that's why you have to have these periodic reviews and retreats, because uh, there's always going to be altercations. Um, we've been very distinguished with a multitude of consultants, behavioral finance experts, psychologists, doctors, coaches. And, you know, it's not all about numbers. It, it, it's about the human element. And we talk about that often in our discovery uh, process with, with, with clients. Absolutely. No, we've, we've really hit home on that, that human element and how important that's weaved into not just wealth management, but every aspect of wealth management, all the different, you know, avenues within it. Um, obviously family harmony. I mean, that is such an important part of this succession planning process, but I want to take a step beyond it and address how, how is it Frank that a succession plan also is aimed at addressing those technical issues from inside the business as well. I mean, of course, family harmony is important, but how does a succession plan really address the, you know, the numbers on the spreadsheet, the technical aspects? Yeah, that, that um, address, that's to address the efficiency aspect. And I'll start with taxes and there's two types of tax planning. There's income tax planning, which favors business owners. So if you can have write-offs and deductions and so forth, you know, the teacher may not get those deductions, but the business owner can. When it comes to estate planning, the way I've uh, addressed it with my own family and succession is that um, your estate is going to be equal. I'm going to treat every child equally and in my case, I have four, so that's you know twenty five percent to each child, and you could set it up with complex trusts, or you can have it direct power of appointment. But the efficient issue is, you know, let them know that taxes are a big part of retaining wealth if you could avoid it. The other one that's delicate and needs a lot of uh, discernment is competency. Um, you know. You may have several children, but who's most competent to lead and who's most 
um, talented to sell and who's going to be the uh, anchor or the steward of the compliance, things of that nature. So competency, I would say, is the second uh, technical issue. Um, and then there's uh, disruption that could come from individuals in the family, unbeknownst to the owner, that could have bankruptcy or they can get divorced. So when you have those types of very common eventualities, they could be very disruptive, not only to the economics, especially if a business lacks liquidity or, or it interrupts cash flow because there's no buy-sell agreement or a prenuptial agreement. Divorce is probably the number one uh, technical uh, issue that disrupts a family business if there's no planning in place. And it's difficult to deliver the message. Uh, we've done counseling for prenuptials and postnuptial agreements and so forth. Nothing, it's not something people enjoy talking about, but it could prevent a lot of uh, hazard down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And and so when you take that that family harmony element, couple it with the technical aspects, boy, do you have a full plate. There's a lot to consider when you're going through the succession planning process. So with those two massive areas in mind, Frank, do you have any advice for our audience out there today on, on taking all these goals, all these things that they want to make sure that they're embedding and incorporating within their succession plan, and then getting that formalized and into an actual succession plan? Any advice for that process? Yes, a lot of business owners who are active and, and disciplined know that you have to hire the right professionals uh, to memorialize uh, intention. So there's the attention to detail, but then there's the intention of what, what a business owner wants to do. And usually legal documents, either collective documents or personal documents are um, appropriate. Collective document has more to do with the relationships within the family and uh, has board agreements or operating agreements. They, they're documents that basically spell out so that you have a reference of what's expected and and what was what was stated in the beginning, so that there's no uh, loss of memory. Um, the personal documents have a lot to do with you know making sure one's estate is prepared because a lot of people avoid estate planning because it deals with their mortality. Uh, they don't want to have to think about it. They don't want to think about their, um, you know, end game. But if you don't have wills and trusts in place, you're going to leave a big burden to the family to the point where some of them may have to sell the business because not because they want to, but because there was no preparation. Sure, sure. And in, in that instance, this is actually a beautiful segue into my next question, Frank, because that almost sounds like a mistake to me. And and while it is so important and we talk a lot of, on this show about strategies and solutions that the you know people out there should be considering when it comes to these big wealth management topics, it's also equally as important to identify what maybe some of the popular mistakes or or just pitfalls that people have trouble avoiding when going through these complex topics. So in that same vein, then Frank, are there any issues that families should be considering about their succession plan that might come as maybe an unwelcome surprise, or maybe they could make a mistake on it when going through their succession planning process, anything like that? Yeah, unfortunately, um, 
the legal documents today and that's why we have lawyers and any any anyone can play on words or statements and things like that so there's no panacea or perfect script um, that pulls together the succession plan that can endure for generations. Um, the people get attached to things. I've seen a very small $60,000 estate with nine children, some from a second marriage, fight over a grandfather clock, you know, and, you know, that that's just symbolic. But when you're dealing with millions of dollars or you're dealing with a fleet of uh, trucks and machinery and things of that nature, um, there's more complexity than just the tax and estate and efficient measures. People will hold on to grudges. Uh, people will remember how much dad spent on this child and not on the other child uh, from a previous marriage and and things kind of stick and and those things are harder to navigate um and that's why the family constitution and also taking approach with individual conversations before bringing family together the, you know the the retreat could be a very good thing to do periodically we did one where we went fly fishing and horseback riding in Colorado we brought the family it was a second marriage uh, and we brought the family together on a retreat. We had work in the morning. We had guest speakers by attorneys and lawyers. And then we went out and played and we 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 socialized together. So if you can avoid fights, part of it has to do with, you know, walking in someone else's shoes and trying to be a little bit more open to a broader perspective than just what you think is yours. Yeah, I, I love that, Frank. A lot of a lot of good wisdom right there, and and some things that you want to make sure you consider when going through this process. I I appreciate that, Frank. And and as we're kind of bringing our our conversation here to a head today, I I think it's also important to note that once somebody has a succession plan in place, right, and they and they're feeling good about it, they like the way uh, you know it's it's shaped, and and they feel that all those boxes are checked. It's very important to always revisit this right regularly over time and make sure things are, are staying up to date and in tune with what's happening in the world. Do you have any comments and final thoughts on this end of things? Yeah, I, I think families should think of succession planning more as an ongoing process. It's organic. It's not a one-time event. And we've been fortunate. I, I've invested in behavioralists. Um, and there's some really great programs where I, I get a profile on every staff member or team member uh, that's qualitative. And, you know, somebody might be a pacemaker, someone might be a um, uh, empathetic individual, someone may be a perfectionist. And it's good to know how people like to deal with criticism. So that you're not just being critical, but you know how they like to receive the message. Do they want it black and white or do they want, do they need more of a softer touch? So I, I think, number one, it's an ongoing process. And number two, it needs to be reviewed regularly and it has to be transparent and there has to be collective meetings as well as individual meetings. I love that, Frank. And and for anybody out there in our audience that's listening and absorbing this conversation today surrounding succession planning, and maybe they're thinking to themselves, boy, 
I got my work cut out for me. Or maybe they're considering the fact that, hey, maybe they should make some adjustments or consider some other things for an estate or a, a succession plan that they already have in place. And maybe they're interested in reaching out to you and your team just to get your two cents on their plan or just to open up a dialogue even. What would be the best way they could get in touch with you and your team? I, I think getting uh, in touch with our office through one of our team members. Um, we do have a discovery process that's non-threatening. It, it doesn't necessarily cost them anything. Uh, we are going to be launching a new uh, website in the beginning of the year. Um, we're, we're proud that you're going to be a part of that uh, website. Um, so these topics will be highlighted. And if it piques someone's interest and they want to know more about it, uh, we can send you, you know, scholarly uh, articles. And we could also invite you to a discovery meeting, which could determine whether there's a fit or not. Fantastic. Well, Frank, look, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day. I know you got plenty of clients to serve, so we'll let you get back to doing that. But uh, looking forward to being back with you on the next one and uh, appreciate the insight today. Ryan, always a pleasure. I look forward to continuing this trend and I hope all the viewers out there can take something away and maybe avoid a family conflict down the road. Absolutely. Absolutely. And to Frank's point, we also want to say thank you to our viewers and our listeners today for stopping by and being with us on the show. As always, if you took anything away from the discussion, you felt that you benefited from it in any way, shape or form, make sure you subscribe to the show on whichever platform you checked us out on today. That way you never miss out on a future conversation where Frank and I unpack a unique wealth management topic and we get his perspective on it, dive into the weeds uh, to identify some different strategies and solutions that those out there should be considering in today's day and age. So for Frank, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long today, but we appreciate you stopping by and being with us here on Wisdom and Wealth. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA SIPC. The opinions voiced in this show are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. The Astorino Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide legal or tax advice or services. Please consult your legal or tax advisor regarding your specific situation. LPL Financial representatives offer access to trust services through the private trust company NA, an affiliate of LPL Financial.